Here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I am Jeremy Jackson, host of the Sports Medicine Broadcast, but I'm joined by Craig Negro, the owner, creator, founder of Foobag. If you do not know what Foobag is, and just kind of pause the podcast, go Google it, and you'll definitely thank me for and and obviously Craig for this later because Foobag is truly amazing. It's a way to keep your gear dry. If you never do any sort of outside event ever, then you probably don't need it. But if you do any sort of out, outdoor event as an athletic trainer, then you probably want and need this to help keep your gear safe and dry. Craig, welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. Hey man, thanks Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. So this one is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash foobag and that's F O O. B-A-G. Craig, start us off. Give me five words to describe Foobag. Hey, man. Uh, so, yeah, the five words that I came up with when I was thinking about this was uh, obviously number one was innovative. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, I, I, when I was thinking about this idea, um, uh, innovation was probably the, the main word that comes to mind because there was nothing, uh, nothing like uh, this product on the market. Uh, we needed something. I needed something to protect my gear. Number two, necessity. Obviously, necessity is the mother of invention. So uh, that that word appropriately fits to describe food bag. Um, driven. I pretty much said to myself when I was starting this business, I said, I cannot let this fail. It has to succeed. And I did everything that I could to figure out ways to make it succeed. Um the third, uh, that was the third. Fourth word would be family. <clears throat> my family's been behind me the whole stretch of the way. Um, it's funny because I call my products my family. Um, it's the Fubex family of products. Um, but it's deeper than that. You know, my, my two daughters who are now in their 20s and in college play college sports. Uh, they actually helped me design and, and help me get the, the business off the ground 12 years ago. Uh, and plus my dad, who owned, uh, owned a sporting goods business our whole life, uh, taught me a lot about business. So family is a big word that comes to mind when I think about food bag. Um, committed. Um, I've been committed to the profession of athletic training for over 32 years uh, as an athletic trainer, certified athletic trainer. Um, and, um, and that's really given me the desire to make sure that I wanted to, um, you know, provide a product that works well for all of my colleagues. And I added a six word, Jeremy, I hope you don't mind. The last word was foo, F-O-O. And a lot of people say to me, where did Foo, where, where did you come up with the name? And it's funny because when I was a kid, <clears throat> I'm one of, I have 10 siblings. I have six brothers and four sisters. So we had quite a brood in my neighborhood and we were the, the jocks in the neighborhood. My, my family owned the sporting goods business. Long story short, everyone seemed to congregate at our house. Everyone knew the Lenegros, but somehow, some way, my last name turned to, our, our nicknames turned to the egg rolls. And that morphed into the word foo, foo, some came out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. And then uh, in my later years in life, one of my, all of my brothers still particularly called me foo. So when I started the business, I said, you know, I need a catchy name for the products. And I was talking to my attorney, uh, my patent attorney about getting uh, protection. And I said, wait, foo is my nickname for when I was a young, a young child. And I said, how can I make this work? And I said, wait, four outdoor only. 
and it just connected. It worked. And, and that was how we started the name of the business. And I wanted to have that catchy name so that people would never forget the brand uh, and the company and what it stood for. I would have never guessed egg roll. Yeah. Family nickname, Le Negro, egg roll, foo. That Yeah, it was weird. The, the Le Negros rolled, morphed into the egg rolls. And then I, I think what it was, we had a shopping center behind our house and and all, me and a bunch of my buddies, we all went to uh, to have uh, lunch one day and we went to a Chinese place and someone got someone ordered egg foo yum. I never forget it. So it's a silly, silly story. But then once that once we walked away, as kids do, we, we joked about it. And by the time we got to my house, my, our nickname went from the Lenegros to foo. So uh, or the egg rolls to foo. So so it kind of morphed a few times over the stretch between the walk from the shopping center back to my house but for me it worked out well because it gave me a, a, an excellent name for my business and it's it's gone quite a uh, quite a distance since then so it's been really cool all right you mentioned you're committed to the profession of athletic training for quite a while um you said you're in your 50s and so tell me a little bit about your athletic trainer story and then lead that right into your the need for this product sure no problem well i i attended Hofstra University. Um, my wife and I actually met there. My wife is also a certified athletic trainer. She is currently the clinical coordinator at Hofstra University. Um, and that's where we met in 1989. Um, I graduated Hofstra with a degree in exercise physiology and a minor in athletic training. Um, my wife and I helped establish the Hofstra University Student Athletic Trainer Association. We were the founders, first president, vice president. So that was kind of my foray into kind of being driven into things to, 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 to promote the profession of athletic training. Um, once I graduated from Hofstra, I was the, uh, I was a summer intern with the New York jets. Uh, and that was an amazing opportunity. Uh, that was when the jets were still actually in New York, practicing in New York. Uh, their facility was actually on the campus of Hofstra university where I went to school. So it was a great transition right from when I graduated right into the, uh, into the internship. Um, and that 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 gave me just a tremendous opportunity to meet so many people. Um, the staff there were amazing, and I'll talk later about particularly one particular person there. Um, and then from there, I kind of went on to work a gamut uh, a gamut of different levels of athletic training. You know, I kind of I'm kind of honored the fact that I pretty much worked at every level of athletic training from high school, uh, D1, D2, D3. Um, professional level, uh, soccer, lacrosse, and, uh, and uh, was able to really establish myself uh, and get to know every different um, forum of athletic training. So over the years, but now currently I work, uh, I went back and got my master's degree at Hofstra in 2003 and uh, have since been a physical education teacher at my school district where I became the athletic trainer there, obviously full-time um, in New York, you, if you work as a teacher, you teach during the day and then you, you pretty much act like a coach in the afternoon, but you're the athletic trainer um, for the three seasons, fall, winter and spring. So uh, I was fortunate to be able to do that for about eight or nine years before I, I took a step down and uh, decided to follow my daughter's uh, careers as they pursued their college career in both uh, uh, soccer for one and lacrosse for the other. And, and now I really focus on obviously just teaching my uh, physical education uh, position and, uh, and, and keeping Fubeg uh, rising and, and keeping it going. Clarify that for me. You said if you, you serve as the athletic trainer 
as the coach and then the athletic trainer for the other three seasons? No, no. I, I was saying like in New York, athletic trainer, especially in Long Island, a lot of times athletic trainers work similarly to like a coaching position. They work, you know, three different seasons. Um, you know, I teach during the day. And then just like a coach would, I, I, I head over to the athletic office and then I become the athletic trainer. So um, very similar to what a coach, you know, a lot of the coaches do in our district too. They, they teach during the day and then in the afternoon they're the coaches. But uh, you know, obviously my position is uh, a little bit different than most. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I got you. I understand. All right. So you mentioned the uh, foo bag as a family, right? And so we talked a little bit about your dad being in the uh, sporting goods store owner, and then your daughters, yeah. you create and design the product. So talk a little bit more about where this idea first came to you and then like just that process. Sure. Yeah. So, so while I was working as uh, at my high school, um, I was driving down the, the road, uh, passing this, the, the stadium. It was a rainy, rainy day. Um, I was just about to pull into the high school. And I happened to notice, uh, you know, it was a JV football game in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. I was there about 7, 15, 7, 30. And I noticed, you know, it was pouring rain. It was like a monsoon. And I always kept my med kit on the back of the golf cart. You know, that was my, I had my med kit. I had my ice cooler. I had the AED tuck on, tucked underneath and everything where it needed to be. Every once in a while, um, you know, a coach would borrow my cart. Unfortunately for me that day, or fortunately, uh, the head football coach had taken my cart and used it to bring all the equipment down to the stadium. But unbeknownst to him that my medical kit was on the back of the cart and it was completely soaked. When I got when he came back in and I, I saw it, I couldn't believe it. Everything was soaked. It was ruined. And I said, from that point on, I said, I need to figure out a way to protect my gear. So that in a situation like this occurs, you know, I, I'm, I don't have to worry about it. You know, I know that it's protected. So my idea was to, to, to design something that I can keep my med kit in that could stay around it all the time. And it could be used all day long. I can go in and out of it as, as much as I need it. Um, I was tired of using trash bags. You know, I would typically on a rainy day when it was when I was working a game, like all of us have done, uh, I would um, put my med kit in a trash bag on the sideline, tie a knot and hope that I didn't have to get in and out of it too often. Um, but when you did, obviously, what you have to do, you have to pull it out of the trash bag, open up your kit. And everything gets soaked. So I needed to come up with a design that would allow me to get in and out of my med kit in particular areas, which is why I use the Velcro design, where I wouldn't have to completely open the kit and it would get soaked by the rain. So um, that's where I came up with the idea and that's where I came up with the design. And then I spent I spent about a year or two literally sitting on my couch uh, at night, late at night after coming home from work and looking at all the uh, sports medicine catalogs and checking out the sizes of the kits and the dimensions, and I needed to come up with a couple of different sizes for my bags. So I spent many, many nights, even with my children, they were passing me, uh, passing off the, the catalogs to me. Here you go, dad. Here's the, here's the Medco catalog. Here's the Collins catalog, dad. Here's the school health catalog, dad. Here's, you know, the next one. So they, they were young and they were helping me, uh, with the process. So, um, but that's really where I came up with the idea. And then it just kind of followed, morphed into a, a passion. 
And, and, and my mantra was, I just could not let this fail. And I was driven to make it work. All right. So the food bags have like a rip stop type vinyl, you know, it's got like the threads on the inside of the plastic. So it's thick. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how long it took you to find or, or get that material. Well, it was a funny story. I, I, my next step when I decided to do this was I needed to find a manufacturer and my thought process was I wanted to find someone that was close to me so that I, if I had to go physically go there, um, I could, I could make, make the, uh, the, the trip. And, uh, I actually started using a, uh, manufacturer in New Jersey. We're, we're here in Long Island. So it was close by, it was only about an hour and a half. So I drove to this particular manufacturer in New Jersey and, uh, I called him up and I spoke to the rep there and, and he thought I was a little crazy. He didn't really know what I was talking about. So I said, let me come in and show you and, and you'll have a better idea. So we, I went in to visit him one day and uh, drove through Manhattan, through the Midtown Tunnel, through the through the, uh, the opposite side and, and came out and our office was right there and pulled up, walked in his office and he said, OK, so what can I do for you? And I said, well, I have this bag and I showed him my design and I need to see if you can produce it for me. And he didn't know what to think at first, but then he said, you know what? He goes, hold on a second. He goes, we make these bags for the uh, penitentiaries across the country. They made these clear type of bags that open in the center so that um, when the in- inmates were brought into to the, the penitentiary jail system, they were given a bag to put all their things. And he must, he told me, he goes, Craig, we sell hundreds of thousands of these bags. And I looked at the material and I said, that's the material that I need. It was the clear material with the grid line to give it a little bit more strength. So I took that material and uh, I, I said, um, I said to him, I said, you know what, this is exactly what I need. Let me show you the dimensions. Um, I gave him the dimensions of the small, the medium and the large, because those are my three first sizes. I wanted to start out small, keep it simple. Um, and then after about two or three weeks, he came up with a prototype for one of the size bags. And, uh, you know, it was, it was terrible at first, of course, as most prototypes are, but we tweaked it quite a bit over the next few weeks until we finally came up with what we wanted, what I wanted. Uh, I gave him the dimensions based on my research that I had done on the medical kits in the field. I tried to come up with, you know, a size that would fit a small med kit a medium med kit and then a large med kit because there were a a number of different sizes at the time uh, and there still are and uh and they came up with a prototype and uh and we started working from there i have to say the first two or three years you know looking back the quality of the bag wasn't the greatest but we improved it every year you know we tried to make tweet we tried to make adjustments to it as we went along we took uh we took a lot of feedback from from fellow athletic trainers and and now um now we're at a level where uh, the quality is amazing. Um, I don't use that particular manufacturer anymore, but the manufacturer that makes them now um, has done a, an amazing job in, in, in taking care of all the modifications and the improvements that I've asked. Um, and, and we've really come a long way since the first year, which was 2010, um, to now we have the food point, food bag 2.0 out on the market. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's hot. It's a, it's a great product. Um, since that time we had small, medium and large. Now we have the AED bag. And of course the, the, uh, the foo bag, big foo XXL, which is for the, uh, crutch kit, the crutch bags and any larger type items on the sideline. So yeah, it's come quite a long way. I saw one of my 
coworkers, I guess, they had the Fubag XXL because you know the crutch bag is something you're like, all right, well, leave it on the bus or leave it, leave it in the locker yeah. room, you know, because yep. you don't want to get everything in there ruined. Because we have like some ankle braces or or like the uh, shoulder spike pads, those kind of things um, that we keep in the crutch bag as well because they're just you right. just don't need them very often. It's like, all right, well, now I I got something else new I need to get is to all right, well, let's make it easier. And then that'll also help just reduce the wear and tear on the crutch bag itself. <clears throat> that bag's monster. It's a big bag. It's actually a huge bag. And 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 a lot of people have actually turned it into a, a utility bag where they, they put not only the crutch bags in there, they'll put, you know, anything that's big, bulky. Um, and I actually got a, an amazing email from uh, a customer in, um, in Hawaii uh, in the fall uh, where he actually used the bag. And I don't recommend this because it's not, designed for this and it's not sold for this purpose but in the emergency situation that he had he actually used the big foo xxl crutch bag as a cold immersion uh tub for an athlete who had a heat issue and uh he claims that it helped save his life so that was a great testimonial for me to hear from a from a client who is in hawaii uh, who i've never spoke to before so Athletic trainers, you know, we're innovative and we're creative and a lot of I'm getting a lot of great stories of how the bags are being used now, not just for the original purpose, for, but for many other purposes as well. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, I think you said 2010 was the first um, iteration of it. Yes. First year. Yeah. 2010. So I, I know that I have one of the versions where it doesn't have um, out exterior straps so do, okay. all of, do all of yours currently have exterior straps yes and remind me i'll have to make sure you have the new version when i when we finish here but uh, uh yes the new version that came out we actually designed them in 2019 uh which was right before covid and i added uh duffel type straps you know originally i didn't want to put too many straps on the bag because every time you put something on the bag uh a component you know, it has to be sewn on and it creates a puncture hole. So my initial thought was not knowing how bags were designed and not in the bag industry until mm -hmm. till now that um, I didn't really want to put too many additives on the bags because, I, like I said, I didn't want to puncture too many holes. But now in the newest version, we're able to put the new handles on the bags because um, they have a, a, a way where they can actually seal those straps um it's they do a heat seal from the inside and then they do a welded seal it's like a two-layer welded seal on the outside where it literally seals the seam completely so that it's waterproof from the inside from the outside in and the inside out now one thing i always said uh in my history of the business so i always tell people the bags are not waterproof because i have had situations where sometimes you know on a windy day, some water may get in or on the early versions of the bags where they weren't as strong and as, as secure as they are now, you know, sometimes the water would leak into a spe specific uh, seam. But now I'm confident in saying that they're, they're, they're pretty close to waterproof. Um, and these new designs have really taken the bags to, to the next level where they're much stronger. There's a shoulder strap now that you can use. Um, there's two side handles, as you know, um, and it's really a great way to uh, to protect not only your med kits, but any type of sideline gear. One of my great customers, he's retired now um, from St. John's University. 
he used to use my bags, my, my, uh, the food bags when they traveled with the basketball team, because they traveled so much, he would actually put all of his gear, uh, his stim units, his, uh, med kits uh, in food bags when they traveled, because they got banged up so much on the planes and in the airports that, uh, that they use them for that. So uh, there's so many different ways to use them. And now with the new additions of the show of the, of the duffel bag straps, you know, they, it's really, uh, become, um, a necessity for athletic trainers on the sideline for sure. So what I what I have to do is I have to instruct my kids make sure all the flaps are down because yes. I had it before to where like yeah. I have it in the foo bag but then they just leave the the top open or they leave yeah. like half of like one of the velcro things undone while exactly. like pouring rain and then then now it's just kind of like creating a pool for the kit and making it <laughs> making it worse and, and that's only user error that's not that's not equipment error but it's definitely right. one of the things when you're using foo bag it has like if you look at the design it has those flaps that velcro down that that make yeah. sure that it it could withstand pretty much any wind or, or yep. rain as long as you have it sealed properly well and the other thing too about the bag um jeremy is and and you hit it right on the head nine ninety nine percent of the time when i have a customer reach out to me that said they had some water get into the bag it's usually that particular situation that, you know, they didn't engage the Velcro 100% or, um, or maybe they left the flap open a little bit, but the design itself was made so that, you know, if it was really raining that hard or if there was that much wind that you only really need to open the one part of the bag to get into, to get what you need and then close it quickly. So it's, so it's protected. So you're right. Um, and that's one of the things I tell people and, and 99.9% of the times when I tell the customer that, they usually solve the problem on their own. So you, you, you hit it right on the head. That was the only main issue that we've had over the years. Yeah. And so, we, like I said, I actually have a couple, um, we have multiple, I think we have probably like five or six of them. Um, and like I said, I do want to get the the large crutch bag. So I'm going to have to order that next year. Um, no. And I gave one of the, the larger size ones because it was a really rainy game. I was like, Hey coach. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, let me just let you borrow this and, you know, you can use it for the footballs and things like that. Yep. Well, I never got that one back, so I just never. lost that one to them. So. Well, it's funny, funny you say that because I've had a lot of orders to come through direct on my website from, from football coaches. And it's funny because I know 95% of my business is done through all the catalog companies. Um, but, you know, 5% is done on my website. And a lot of times when I see stuff come through the website, it's usually someone who doesn't know that they can get it from a catalog company like a football coach. So um, actually one year, a few a year or two after I got my bags were uh, in the NFL, um, pretty much every NFL team are using my bags now in some particular way. But uh, I got an order from uh, a phone call from the, not the athletic training staff from the Chicago Bears, but the actual equipment staff. And they ordered a, a fleet of bags just for, footballs for the sideline for their sideline gear so same thing with the new england patriots the patriots did the same thing they ordered a whole bunch of bags they actually uh, customized the bag so they said exactly what was on, on you know on the outside um so it's really morphed into different uses um the one other thing i want to tell you about that uh, that issue with the velcro is that um a lot of times i tell people try to make sure that the bag is as full as possible because it doesn't have a frame to it doesn't have. And I've thought about uh, this is one of the things I've thought about. And it's still on the drawing board where I can make a frame for the bag to keep the shape of it. So if you don't really have a good shape 
of the bag itself by having a solid med kit in there or something that's big enough to take up the majority of the space, it will have a tendency to kind of to, to kind of collapse in a little bit or fold down or fold inwards. Fortunately for me, like my med kit, I use a medium and it fits my bag perfectly. When I, when I turn the a Velcro straps down, they fit perfect. Um, but for people who sometimes don't have the bag completely filled, it does also have a tendency to kind of leave a little bit of an open slot on the Velcro there. So you have to just make sure you check the Velcro areas for, you know, if you're having any issues. All right. So you talked about being um, driven about, about saying, I have to make this work. Was right. there, was there anybody in the beginning that said this won't work? You know, I thought about that and, uh, and, and I, there wasn't really too many people who gave me a hard time about it. You know, I, everyone kind of embraced the idea. Um, the only people who kind of gave me a hard time looking back were those fellow athletic trainers who would come up to me at a, a trade show uh, at the EATA uh, conference up in Boston or Philadelphia or an NATA show when I had my booth there. And they would say, you know what, this was my idea. And they kind of like, uh, you know, gave me that uh, you stole my idea kind of thing. I said, well, you know, maybe I did. But, you know, I, like I said, I was driven and I wasn't going to let it fail. But, you know, it was all in jest with those those friends and those colleagues. But I never really had any pushback. I never really had any uh, any issues against, you know, the product. Um, it was pr pretty well embraced by not only my fellow athletic trainers, but also by the industry of um, of the vendors. You know, all the vendors were great. You know, I actually specifically started with one vendor uh, just to test the market. And then uh, it worked out very well with that with that vendor. And then we just continued from there. And, and now we're uh, a vendor for all of the major catalog companies across the country. So, so if you were to start over, if you were to uh, kind of knowing what you know now, what, what would you do the same or do different? Um, two things. Number, I thought about this too. Two things. Number one, I would have learned, uh, and you and I spoke about this earlier, I would have learned a lot more about uh, social media and online marketing. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm going to be 55 in May, um, heading towards the end of my teaching career. Um, and you know, when COVID hit and all the technology hit, you know, I was a little bit behind the eight ball. I've caught up quite a bit since, and I've become very versed in it, very well versed in it. But um, I think that's something that I would have really focused on a lot more at an earlier stage is to really learn the power of marketing on, on social media. Um, and the other, uh, the other thing that I would have done differently, um, which I'm just starting to do within the last year or so, like my business has been uh, up and running for about uh, almost 12, 13 years now, but I wanted to switch gears and, and delve into other markets but I've always kind of focused on the market that I knew, which was athletic training. I'm an athletic trainer. My wife's an athletic trainer. It's what I knew. It was my passion. But the more I thought about it over the years, I realized that, you know, the EMS world, paramedics, EMTs, um, those types of professionals, they pretty much use the same types of equipment that we use on the sidelines. So my other regret that is that I didn't push into that market a little bit sooner because they kind of coexist. Um, and I'm working on that now within the last year or so. And now moving forward, and that's a big focus of mine is trying to expand into that market, the EMS market and other markets that are that are 
uh, potentially benefit would benefit from my products too. But um, those are the two things that I would have done a little bit differently. Definitely. But you know, that's one of the things that, that you always hear is that the the riches are in the niches and, you know, so I guess getting your product really good by working it out through athletic trainers and then, then saying, okay, well, Hey, this is a really good product. You know, we've, we've, it's been tested by people who are in the field every day. So here, here's how this can help you. So yeah, it works out. Yeah. I got to tell you that early, that early version of my bags, I look back now, I I have one in my warehouse, uh, one of the originals and I'm not going to lie to you, Jeremy. It was terrible. I mean, from what it, from where it is now to where it was in 2010, it's just mind boggling the changes we've made to it. And that's all credit to our profession because so many people have given me feedback on this stuff, including my NFL guys, uh, college guys, my, my close personal friends, my roommate from college. Um, you know, it's really been a, uh, a process and, and I could not have done it without the assistance and the feedback from all of our, our colleagues in the profession. So. Do you remember uh, who the first cell was to? I do remember the first cell. Uh, it was, uh, it was a friend of ours here uh, on Long Island. Um, her name, she was a local athletic trainer. She's a friend of mine and her name was Marissa. And she actually said, Craig, I, I was telling her about the bag. She goes, good. I want to buy one. I met her in a parking lot and I, she paid me $35 cash. Cause I didn't even know what to charge her. I didn't even know what the prices were. I, you know, I didn't really know what, I didn't know how to, what I was doing. And, and then from there, you know, I got, uh, I got hooked up with, and, I, and I'll tell you who, who, who gave me my first shot was, uh, was Collins, Wally Collins from Collins Sports Medicine was the first catalog company who gave me the ability to become a vendor within their catalog. I reached out to Wally because I knew him from the from being involved in the EATA. And um, and he was great. His family, they also run a, a wonderful family business. And he said, Craig, I'd love to have you. I didn't even know how it worked. And I said, well, how does it work? He said, well, just send me I'll order a, a certain number of bags. You tell me how much it costs, which is your wholesale costs. And then I'll turn around and I'll put them in my catalog. And they were so gracious. They didn't charge me anything. They didn't charge me a fee. They, at the time, they just wanted to help out a friend. And they, they, they put a picture of each size bag in their catalog. And we did it for a year. And we tested it out. And it worked out great. My first year of sales, I, I think my sales were like eight, eight or $9,000. Um, and, uh, and they were instrumental in helping me realize that that's the way to go. And then from there, I reached out to all the other major, you know, companies, you know, Medco and performance health and school health alert services. Uh, Henry shine is a big vendor. Um, and then a lot of other smaller vendors now have picked up and that's pretty much how I sell the bags. Now I went from selling that one bag in the parking lot um, to selling them by the, um, box load to the, the, uh, the vendors, which have been my lifeline to the business. And so I'm to, very, very appreciative of that. I can just picture this. I just need to see like a reenactment of this, this shady, yeah, New shady. York, dark, Back, yeah. the back of the car, handing money, handing off a bag. I, I just yeah. need to, you know, you need to get with KP and get get a social media uh, a reenactment reenactment of that. <laughs> yeah, you know what, KP would be all over that because it was definitely a, it seemed like a shady deal. It was actually in the parking lot of a sports complex, and uh, it was uh, it was interesting. But it was it was definitely the beginning. 
uh, of the of the of the business, and then it just kind of it spiraled in a positive way from there. So uh, I'm grateful for for so many people uh, on that end. And then you know, if you don't mind me, men- I, I mentioned before that I was an NFL intern with the Jets. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Pepper Burris, who was uh, he was the head athletic trainer for the Green Bay Packers for the mm-hmm. last 20 years. But um, he was the assistant athletic trainer at the Jets when I was there. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know if, if you know Pepper very well, or well enough, but he was probably one of the most innovative people in the profession. I mean, this guy could turn a screwdriver into a helmet removal kit um, and make it uh, work amazingly well. I mean, I learned so many different ways to think outside the box through this one particular person. And he was so instrumental. And so eager to put my products on the sideline over at Green Bay Packers. That was the first NFL sideline that I was on. And um, he gave me feedback. He, he, you know, he would call me and check in. You know, they've got so many things to worry about uh, on the sideline of their, of their, of their teams. And, And he would take the time to reach out to me to tell me where I needed to tweak the bag, this, that, that. Craig, you ever think about doing this? You know, I need a cover for my Wilson case on the sideline. Let's do this. And, you know, he actually, I actually sent him some material where he was able to make certain things his own for his own uh, equipment. So that's another person who I, I, you know, uh, indebted to. And one of the first sales, you say, where was the first sale? That one in the parking lot was number one. But my first big sale, my first major, uh, you know, sale to like an NFL team, uh, was with Pepper, and he's been with me along the way. You know, every every convention he stops in to the booth, says hello. He's retired now, um, and uh, you know I owe a lot to him too. So, um, you know, take those take that advice from those people that you can and run with it because it's invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. If someone wants to reach out and get a hold of you. What's going to be the best way to do that? Uh, you know what? Best way is probably my email. Uh, my my email address. It's uh, it's Craig ATC 14 at AOL.com. C R A I G A T C 14 at AOL.com. All right. And then if you Google search F O O bag, foo bag, you can find that. Oh, and then uh, that probably has his contact information there as well. Oh, yeah. Well. Absolutely. It'll come up. If you, if you Google foo bag, um, the whole synopsis of my company will come up. The, uh, the website will come up. And uh, that's another way to contact this. Is, quickly as possible. And I, I usually try to get back to everyone within the same day. So if they have any issues or concerns or questions, a lot of times people have questions on sizing um, um, or, you know, what to use a particular bag for. Um, sometimes they have a question. A lot of times I have uh, people asking for extra AED decals for the AED bag, I'm always willing to send those out to them. So uh, whatever they need, whatever you need, please, you know, reach out to me at that address. It's always a great way to find me. All right, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash foobag for Jeremy, Craig, Foobag, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast. That is a wrap. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you, guys.